Hello, witchy friends. Welcome to Cat's Tea and Witchcraft. My name is Fauna, and I am your host. This podcast is for those who are Wiccan, witches, and everything in between. Don't forget to follow the podcast social media pages at Cat's Tea and Witchcraft on Instagram, Cat's Tea and Witch on Twitter, and Cat's Tea and Witchcraft Podcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening to Cat's Tea and Witchcraft, and enjoy the episode. Hello, witchy peeps. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 115, and today's topic is going to go over my recommendations for some beginner authors and books on witchcraft and Wicca, and a lot of those authors also delve into different topics as well. So that is what we're going to talk about today. But before we get into that conversation, we have today's crystal of the weekday, whatever, and that is selenite. The first book I have for today is The Essential Guide to Crystals, and starting on page 228, it says Selenite, named after Selene, the Greek goddess of the moon. Because of its luminous moonlight glow, selenite is a gem-quality form of the common mineral gypsum. Gypsum was formed by the evaporation of ancient seas and saltwater lakes, and selenite hints at its origins both in its watery clear beauty and its extremely solubility. For identification and care, it says selenite often forms twinned crystals with a characteristic of swallowtail shape. Fibrous translucent white masses form of selenite are called satin spar. Round rosette-like concretions of selenite are called desert roses. Selenite is very soft, easily scratched by fingernail. It is extremely sensitive to water and humidity. It will bend even in the hand and may slide apart into many thin sheaves if it is put into water. For magic, it says, clears away darkness and shadows, helps to avoid difficulties, protects us from harm and blame. For healing functions, quickly unblocks stagnant energy with its rapid flowing and cooling energy, shifts negative emotions, especially resentment and long-standing anger, brings clarity of mind, and expands consciousness. For keywords, it says expansion, release, and cooling. And just to throw in how I really use selenite more than anything is I'll get either one of my selenite wands or if anyone has slabs of selenite, it is very good to put your jewelry or your crystals touching it. And it is a very easy way to cleanse your crystals. Selenite is one of those ones that very commonly is said you don't have to cleanse it itself. If you want to put it under the moonlight, you can always do that. That's probably pretty safe to do, but don't put it in water. Yeah, I honestly really haven't had any issues when using selenite and not cleansing it, honestly. And But I use it to cleanse my other crystals if I really need to do things quickly. The next book I have is Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Crystal Gem and Metal Magic. And starting on page 160, it says selenite, energy, receptive, planet, moon, element, water, powers, reconciliation, and energy. For magical uses, selenite is a clear, layered mineral resembling calcite. Named for Selene, an ancient moon goddess, it is exchanged between lovers for reconciliation. This stone is also worn to lend energy to the body. 
And the next source I have is Love is in the Earth, starting on page 594. It's a selenite. Selenite is a form of crystallized gypsum. It is found in the form of colorless to white tubular crystals and needle-like crystals. This mineral provides for clarity of the mind, expanding one's awareness of the self and of one's surroundings. It can be used to access past lives as well as future lives. The future lives being those which are probable at this time if one's physical life proceeds in the direction in which it is now going. This access is providing by rubbing the crystalline structure with a finger or thumb, not a fingernail, during this activation process. When the meditative state is attained, the visual images will begin. It should be noted that the access to the future is also compatible to this life one will be presented with situations which are very likely to occur during their life on this plane. Again, dependent upon the course of progress one chooses during one's lifetime. It has been used to decrease reticence and to assist one in the acquisition of materialistic pursuits related to business. It can also assist one in issues of judgment and can provide the required insight and energies to promote justice during abjectification and disputes. It has been used as a sharp sword of awareness, cutting through unconsciousness assumptions and promoting the reconnection between the conscious self and the mystic which lives within the super consciousness. Selenite can be used to provide both flexibility to one's nature and strength to one's decisions. It allows one to see the inner workings of any situation and to understand the superficial and the deeper meanings inherent in same. And the last source I have for today is Llewellyn's Complete Book of Correspondence and starting on page 245 for Selenite. For Zodiac, Cancer, and Taurus, Solar System, Moon, Element, Water, Energy, Yin, Chakras, Crown, Heart, Sacral, and Throat, Number, Eight directions, north and southeast, goddess, Luna, and Selene. For issues, intentions, and powers, adaptability, calm, clarity, communication, decisions, emotions, energy, harmony, inspiration, moon magic, motivation, negativity, nurture, peace, power, rebirth and renewal, reconciliation, respect, and visions. So that is all the sources I have for you today on Selenite. But one thing I want to go over before, and it wasn't mentioned in these books because that's really not the topic, but before you really start using any crystal, if you don't know about them, it's always good to kind of understand what their toxicity level is and what to and not to do with them. And Selenite is one of those things. Like was mentioned, it is not good to put Selenite in water because it does break down. And it was also mentioned that it is a form of gypsum. I don't know if and how many of you might know what gypsum is, but gypsum of various types tend to be not necessarily healthy for our bodies and can be some level of toxic to us. So I would not recommend grinding, ingesting, 
or putting um, broken down selenite or really putting them in any salves or anything that you would be ingesting because that gypsum can actually cause a lot of negative reactions to your body if it is ingested or gotten into things like your eyes or your nose, especially if you grind it and or it kind of falls apart depending on how you are handling it. So if you are using selenite, I would recommend being a little careful with it because it is rather soft compared to other crystals and stones and minerals. And if it is more of the non-polished versions of it, be very careful if it is the slabs and there are fragments of it. So if there are any pieces that come off, make sure you pick them up and keep them away from pets and children as well as just do not grind it because if that gets into the air and into your system can cause long-term harm and damage to you. So that is all I have for you today on selenite. Now on to today's main topic of my recommendations for beginner books and authors. So even though my episodes in the past do very often provide the sources that are very beginner friendly and even web sources, and it is also a common question I get all the time and so do other content creators about the topic of what beginner books should people get and where to start their point in their craft. In a lot of cases, it is obviously a very subjective and opinion-based situation because some people like different authors, different topics, and different writing styles. So today I'm going over a few writers and books that I feel that if someone and when people do approach me about this topic that I recommend to them that they can use as sources. It could either be the hard copy versions or digital versions that you can look into. But as a reminder, this is based off books that I have read personally and why I think they would benefit a new witch or practitioner or even an existing practitioner who is looking for an additional source. And if you are new to listening to the podcast, I will still recommend listening to the older episodes first even if you listen to this episode because even though this is a episode that someone who is new to the podcast should listen to please go back to literally episode one because there are a lot more sources and a lot more topics that are important outside of this episode and I know in a lot of episodes I repeat that all the time but the reason is sometimes on a weekly basis I get messages about people asking questions which is exactly what I want you to do. You can send it to me on Twitter, Instagram, or send me an email but a lot of the questions that I get are answers that I've already provided and information I've already provided in old episodes. Sometimes I will reference those episodes be like, hey, I've already gone over that topic and I will send a link to that depending on the conversation that we may have had prior to that point. But a lot of the responses, oh no, I haven't gone that far back or I just started listening. So I always end up recommending, hey, it is very important to start from the beginning and then go to the end because a lot of the episodes I provide are from a level or an order of what I think is the most important for someone to look into when they are starting this path. And also, I make this podcast to provide sources for you guys to listen to at your own pace. So when I've already provided you that information, there should not be a reason I need to constantly regurgitate the same information to dozens and dozens and dozens of people who ask the same question when I have already provided the answers and the sources for you to take on your own and then 
take that research on your own and expand on your own time. So it's a little bit of a convenience for me and a convenience for you because you can listen to it and you can go back and you can pause. And sometimes I'm just not always in the position to pull out all my books again or go back to all my notes or have what could very easily turn into an extremely long conversation on a topic. And like I said, that's the whole point of me making this podcast is for you guys to take your time and learn at your own pace. I don't want to sound ungrateful for people reaching out to me because I do want them to reach out and sometimes maybe they missed an episode or when you get a lot of information, sometimes you forget or don't understand a topic. Like if you listen to an episode and you're like, hey, I really didn't understand it. Is there something I missed? Or can you describe this a little differently? 100% open to that because people learn differently. But if you just completely skipped 100 episodes out of, at this point, 115 episodes, you're going to need to go back and listen for yourself. Okay, so now on to the authors and books and stuff for today. So the first author is one that I have recommended before, and this is Thorne Mooney. Thorne Mooney is a Gardnerian high priestess, and that is a form and tradition of Wicca, which I have mentioned before, and we have actually spoken to other Gardnerian Wiccans on past guest episodes. We have not spoken to Thorne herself, but maybe in the future. But she has written, so far, at least her own books, two. And there is Traditional Wicca, A Seeker's Guide, and The Witch's Path, Advancing Your Craft at Every Level. So even if you're in a more advanced level or even an intermediate level, that book is also something you can look into if you're a beginner or if you're advanced, which is why I like that book itself. She also creates YouTube videos and has a Pathios blog. And they are still creating content. So you can be on the lookout for new information and new books in the future from them. And the reason I feel that this author is a beginner-friendly author is that Thorne's books are relatively reasonable in size. They're not super thick, huge books. And the two I've listed are pretty easy reads. They're not super complicated. And the way they are written is in a realistic, easy-to-understand way that people who are new might honestly connect to in an easier way. Because when you're new, sometimes too much details or too much information can actually be a little harder to soak in or take in or can be a little bit discouraging. And the same with her videos. They aren't some fancy production or anything. They are down to earth, real, and honest. The next author is Jason Mankey, who I have used as a reference in the past. And he is a Gardnerian high priest himself and, like I said, is Wiccan. He has written many books and also co-written books as well. Some of the books are Llewellyn's Almanacs, depending on the year, The Witch's Wheel of the Year, The Witch's Book of Spellcraft, Witch's Book of Shadows, Witch's Athame, Witch's Author, which was also a co-written book, Transformative Witchcraft, Thrifty Witchery, which was also a co-written book, The Shamanic Soul, Modern Witchcraft of Greek Gods, which was also co-written, Llewellyn's Little Book of Yule, and The Horned God of the Witches. He also creates additional content and has a Pathios blog and is currently still making content and probably writing more books for the future. 
And the reason I feel that his books and content in general are beginner-friendly, just like I brought up in mentioned with Thorne Mooney. This is a writer who writes in a very understandable way for people of all levels. Even though he is Wiccan, just like Thorne, there's a lot of information and topics that he goes over that just isn't limited to Wiccans, but also people who are interested from all various paths. One of the more recent books that I read of his is The Horns God of the Witches that I highly recommend. The next one is another author that I've referenced in the past and it is Christopher Penzak and he is a witch and founder of the Temple of Witchcraft and the Temple Mystery School and he has written a lot of books so I'm just going to go over a a good handful of them. Not all of them are beginner friendly but him in general I do think is an author that beginners should look into Wiccan or not. There is Taurus Witch Path of the Moonlit Hedge, The Magical Botanical Journal, The Magical Botanical Oracle, Queer Kabbalah, Gay Witchcraft, The Strayer's Kiss, which was co-written, Anatomy of a Witch, which is also co-written, Ascension Magic, The Inner Temple of Witchcraft, The Outer Temple of Witchcraft, The Living Temple of Witchcraft, The Temple of High Witchcraft, The Temple of Shamanic Witchcraft, The Witch's Coin, The Witch's Heart, the Witch's Shield, Instant Magic, Magic of Reiki, City Magic, Tastes from the Temple, 21 Days of Reiki, Green Lovers, Feast of the Morrigan, The Three Rays of Witchcraft, The Mighty Dead, Buddha, Christ, Merlin, The Three Wise Men of Our Age, The Plant Spirit Familiar, The Witch's Hut, The Phosphorus Grove, The Waters and Fires of Avalon, Foundations of the Temple, the Gates of Witchcraft, The Casting of Spells, Spirit Allies, Meet Your Team from the Other Side, The Lighting of Candles, Sons of the Goddess, A Young Man's Guide to Wicca, The Mystic Foundation, Understanding and Exploring the Magical Universe, Lori Cabot's Book of Shadows, which was also co-written, and Lori Cabot's Book of Visions. And he is also continuing to make other content. He has online classes and has his own website as well. The reason I think Christopher Penzak is a beginner-friendly author, or at least you should look into, is I feel that because of the list of books that he has written, he has a list of topics that will allow people of various interests to find something to look into and to research. I am personally a fan of the Temple of Witchcraft series, and I would highly suggest for beginners to read the Outer Temple and the Inner Temple. It goes over history, it goes over exclamations, it goes into topics that are not just Wiccan-based. Even though there's a touch of Wiccan vibe in it because things kind of overlap in people's practices and some people even if they're not Wiccan they may still have beliefs that may align with Wiccan practitioners so if you are a beginner or someone who is just interested in someone who has gone over a variety of topics Christopher Penzak is a great author to look into. The next author is a very popular author for beginner witches and you guys probably at this point listening to this podcast have heard of this name and this is Raymond Buckland. He was a member of Gardnerian Covens and Saya Wicca traditions during his lifetime and 
obviously he was Wiccan and he apparently has over 60 books he has written and I'm only going to go over a few examples and that is Buckland's Book of Spirit Communications, Practice Candle Burning Rituals, Buckland's Complete Book of Witchcraft, Signs, Symbols, and Omens, Solitary Seance, Wicca for Life, and Wicca for One. And unfortunately, he is no longer creating new content because he passed away in 2017. And the reason I think he is a great beginner-friendly witch and writer to look into is even though some of his content might be a little out of date because he was involved with the craft for a very long time, and when he was writing his books, the publishing industry within the witchcraft realms were a little bit different than they are now today. So even though some of the standards and the topics that people are interested in and the way we we perceive life and how kind of society has evolved, his books are and have been very popular for a long time and still has very good information. And if you are looking for at least one book from him to start with, that would be Buckland's Complete Book of Witchcraft. It's a really big blue book. The next author is also a very popular author that I have mentioned and referenced in the past, and that is Scott Cunningham. Scott was a Wiccan and a solitary practitioner and apparently also has written over 50 books. Some of the ones is Dreaming the Divine, Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Crystal Gem and Metal Magic, Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, Divination for Beginners, Earth Power, Earth, Air, Fire, and Water, Living Wicca, The Magical Household, and Wicca, A Guide for the Solitary Practitioner. Unfortunately, he has also passed away, but that was in 1993, so that was 30 years ago. I think that Scott Cunningham's books are very beginner-friendly because I don't think they are super complicated themselves, and it also provides a lot of good information, especially for those who are interested in the Wiccan path. But even for those who aren't Wiccan, the books I would recommend and have and mention them all the time is his Encyclopedia of Crystal Gem and Metal Magic, which I used as a reference today. And in the past seasons when going over herbs is the Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs. And it has so much information, and it's not just based on oh, this is Wicca, this is not Wicca. It just goes over information of collected data that goes over the sources and materials that you can use. And it is sources that you can use to write your own spells and understand the tools and the herbs and the gems and the metals that you may be incorporating into your own path. So you can be a little more independent and not relying on people to write spells for you or do spells for you and it allows you to understand why some spells work or why you may want to choose certain things for your own. The next author I'm going over is Lisa Chamberlain and she is a Wiccan and solitary practitioner. The first section of books I'm going to go over that she has written are books more focused on Wicca and then the other one is just general witchcraft books. First one is Wicca for Beginners, Wicca, Book of Spells, Wiccan Kitchen, and Wicca Finding Your Path, Wicca Altar and Tools, Wicca Book of Shadows, Wicca Magical Deities, Wicca Wheel of the Year Magic, Wicca Elemental Magic, Wicca Candle Magic, Wicca Crystal Magic, Wicca Herbal Magic, Wicca Essential Oil Magic, Wicca Book of Herbal Spells, Wicca Book of Crystal Spells, Wicca Book of Candle Spells, and Wicca Tree Magic. 
It's a lot of me saying Wicca. And the next set is just general witchcraft books, and it starts with Modern Witchcraft and Magic for Beginners, Moon Magic, Magic and Law of Attraction, Tarot for Beginners, and Runes for Beginners. And she is still making additional content and has an actively updated website as well. And I'm assuming that she is probably still making updated additional content and probably writing books. And the reason I find this author beginner friendly is her books aren't very large. And this is also another author that is very easy to read. Since these books generally focus on one topic per book, you don't have to worry about too much about reading and sorting between topics that you may or may not like. So literally the titles let you know what is within the book. The next author is Matt Aron, and he is a witch, and he is still actively making content and currently has written two of his own books, but is also making additional content. His website, YouTube, works with Modern Witch University, and also has a Pathios blog. The two books he has actively written right now is Psychic Witch and Mastering Magic. And the reason I think that even beginners should look into him as author, but also advanced practitioners. But the reason I think beginners should look into him is specifically for his Psychic Witch book, which I feel is a really good source for those looking for different rituals, different examples, an author that writes about his own experience and why some of these things worked for him. And it might be a book that beginners should take at a slow pace though because there is a lot of information and a lot of exercises and rituals you can do within this book. So if you are interested in the topic, I would recommend going chapter by chapter and taking your time. This is not one of the other books that I've recommended that you can read a little bit more quickly. This is one that is almost more like a workbook but not a workbook. So... This book, because of that, is also good for advanced practitioners because sometimes you do want to take your time when doing different things. And witchcraft and growing and developing yourself and different skills is not something that should be done quickly. It is something that should be done at a pace that is one appropriate for you, but is also not a race because long-term changes and long-term things you want to do in your life, and good things don't always happen quickly. So this is one of those examples of things that sometimes things should be taken in small chunks and should be taken their time with. The last author that I want to go over today is a folk witch, and that is Temperance Alden. And like I said, she practices folk witchcraft because she is a folk witch and they have written a book and that is the book the year of the witch that i have referenced and used as a source in past episodes she also makes additional content she has social media youtube and also has her own podcast and is still creating content and the reason i feel that this author and creator is beginner friendly is that the book she has written is also associated with complementary calendars that can be used when working on your own path, working with Wheel of the Year, and when referencing the book, you can kind of see where things are corresponding. And the book is not very complicated either. It's a very nice, easy read, but also doesn't really have the Wiccan flair that a lot of people who are not Wiccans tend to dislike. So if you are looking for a book as a Wiccan or a non-Wiccan that doesn't have 
that Wiccan flavor, this is a really good book to have within your own personal library. And even I enjoyed this book as a Wiccan in not seeing Wiccan influences in it because sometimes I like to see those other perspectives and I can honestly use those myself within my own craft. So I have gone over all the authors I wanted to talk about today, but I just have a few other books that I feel are ones you should probably look into. I'm not going to go into them in detail in probably all of these I think at this point except for one I have used as a reference on past episodes and that is Llewellyn's Complete Book of Correspondence, New World Witchery, Drawing Down the Moon, Love is in the Earth, and Taking Up the Runes. And for any of the books and authors I've mentioned today you can look them up either on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or any other book company that may be within your country or your area because I have listeners from all over the place you can find different books at occult crystal and witchcraft shops you can even look at the author's websites themselves because a lot of ones who are actively writing and have websites also sell their books on their own website so if you want to purchase from them directly that is also something I would encourage but you can also look at other small booksellers used bookstores and online shops many places have small bookstores in their towns that may carry these books so that is all I have for you guys today I hope you guys enjoy this episode I hope it was some sort of benefit for either those who are beginners which was the point of this particular episode but also maybe those who are a little more advanced and are interested in just hearing in some other sources and books that they could possibly look into But like I say every week, I appreciate every single one of you and we'll talk to you soon. Have a great one. Blessed be.